0: you're listening to episode 269 of the major issues podcast we're talking the return of hit monkey some silk news and we're doing a review on dc power a celebration number one the major issues podcast starts right now Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason, that's gotta be a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am never alone, I am joined by the astonishing, the magnificent, the spectacular and straight up uncanny A-Rob the Marvel God, let them hear ya. (laughs) yo
1: what's good y'all every time it gives me just the warm feelings on the inside with your intro
0: george what up (laughs) y'all yeah we are coming through with a lot of energy this week because we are talking about some pretty powerful stuff as we tackle and dissect dc power number one a celebration uh basically a celebration of black comic book creators uh, content creators characters and stories. I can't wait to get into each and every one of those stories, kind of get what your opinion is on some of these big boys here. But before we do that, we like to start off some of these episodes by allowing A-Rob the Marvel God to tell us what he's found as he's scoured the multiverse for the latest and greatest in news, speculation, rumors, and some things you just got to take with a grain of salt. So, without further ado, here is A-Rob, the Marvel God, with the news.
1: Yo, I love it. I love the energy. I love the intro, bro. And yo, welcome to the major issues news brought to you by CBC, brought to you by your boy A-Rob, the Marvel God. And like George said, I've scowled the multiverse, the omniverse, the microverse, and possibly the microverse. I've been everywhere and everywhere, (laughs) man. And but I'm gonna keep it pretty simple today, you know, but besides all the plot leaks and rumors and stuff, but we're gonna get to that later, okay? But first, we're gonna start off, you know, so I'm gonna keep it light and simple. All the obscure project you guys may have seen on Hulu, follow a pretty you know, a little primate Simian with some hitman skills, probably rival some of the obvious some of those famous bounty hunters, but hit monkey! Yes, hit monkey. Hitmonkey has been renewed for Season 2 on Hulu, but will no longer be branded as a Marvel series going forward. Hmm. Deadline (laughs) reviewed that Hulu was renewed, the animated Marvel series Hitmonkey, for a second season on the streaming service. This comes as a surprising move, as the show was not expected to continue after its sister series, MODOK, was canceled after only one season. But while the show was renewed for a second season, it will have a different feel when it returns. A Hollywood Reporter also noted that Hitmonkey would no longer carry the Marvel branding, simply being promoted as a Hulu show with no connection to its Marvel Comics roots.
0: That's very and, strange.
1: Right? Yeah, but I think it's a good move. It that the first season was it was it was pretty good. It was violent and <laughs>
0: I just like words. I this is not gonna make absolutely any sense to anybody at home. Um and I don't even think I have it no no what I'm about to say right now and it's oh. not up right now currently in my home I have the other half of that team start <laughs> I have the team Captain America Thing that's above your head right there in the in the video shot that, ah. I have the other half of that I have the Captain America half of that so I was looking at it for a second and I was like What is that but yeah I have that same thing but the team cap part Um so I just wanted to say oh that. yeah it's
1: on the other side
0: Oh, Okay awesome awesome you got the set um <laughs> so another thing i wanted to say is i saw hit monkey we reviewed it as part of this podcast um but it wasn't something that set the world on fire in the in the sense of like it didn't get the word of mouth that i think it should have that it deserved i i really liked how the series unfolded and i thought it was way different than most of the stuff marvel puts out especially when it comes to animation um it it this was we must have covered it. I want to say possibly in 2020, maybe 2021. Um, so, and then like you were just saying, um, it, they were going to come out with the Offenders series, which was, mm, it was yeah. supposed to be MODOK, I think Tigra and Dazzler, um, Hitmonkey. And then there was like one other show that they were trying to get off the ground. Oh, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck yep. by, by Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah. And um, yeah, you just stopped hearing the other ones being greenlit modoc did come out so did hit monkey and then it got real quiet and then you heard that modoc wasn't getting a season two and i could have sworn they said the same thing about hit monkey or maybe they didn't say anything which led us to believe that it wasn't going to continue and then two years possibly after the season the first season premieres they're like oh yeah 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 we're gonna do that again <laughs> right, We'll we'll come back we'll do it so i'm i'm happy for it but The idea that it's differently branded almost makes me believe that it was made a thing. Season two was made a thing, despite Marvel wanting it to be a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, all right, fine, do it. Just take the take the the logos and stuff off. You know what I'm saying? Fine, if you want to do it, if you're begging for to do it for so much, we can't allow you to confuse our audience by saying it's you know like everything else we're doing. So just yeah, fine, take it, but.
1: hope i hope that um, i hope there's a the move in, in, in response to invincible loki like because invincible has that the same animation look to Hitmonkey, monkey kind of like to me at least and yeah. i'm like maybe without the Marvel branding it, you know as comic book readers we are going to look at it oh the lady bull'seye that's the the female character of Bullseye—that's a, yeah. a villain of Daredevil, you know comic but it, characters. But oh, it's like it's,
0: it's like very vague, though. It's very vague. Right, like Lady Bullseye stuff is very vague. Stick isn't it? Daredevils, uh, right? You know, Devil Devils—the um, right. tra- person who trained him, yeah, Silver Samurai stuff like that. um But they're very loose with it. And this just goes to show you my memory. It came out in November of twenty twenty-one so we must have covered it in january of 2022 which was just a year ago but it just shows you how much content comes out it felt easily like two or three years ago i i watched this show and i possibly also binged the entire season when i saw it which makes it come right out of the head once you once you've done once <laughs> you're done watching it and talking about it those things yeah. you know they kind of leave right out of your head but yeah i'm happy for it monkey i really liked it and i think jason sudeikis is great as the um ghost Hitman, man, no, no.
1: their comedy no. was on point. I loved yeah. it. I loved, I love the good cop, bad cop, buddy comedy uh, shtick, and especially how it came out like right off the heels, kind of like around a sort of time of a Falcon Winter Soldier. I want to say like uh, just of like that, that still having that buddy cop feel in the air. I guess,
0: yeah, yeah. I would and
1: agree. agree. <laughs> and like you said, Anderson is yeah. yes, he killed it. He, I'm pretty sure he wrote his own jokes for the show because.
0: <laughs> I I, I, I was
1: holding my sides every time he spoke. Every time.
0: <laughs> I, I, no, I can see that. And then, yeah, he's acting alongside a monkey and also acting alongside a, like, fictitious monkey. It's not like he was uh, going back and forth with lines between him and a real monkey. Uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting stuff. And the gore, you know, the gore is all there, but the premise is ridiculous. So they oftentimes make a joke out of the premise it's a it's a, <laughs> a hit monkey <laughs> you know right. i just it's, love it it's a
1: very aware show too yeah like you say it makes fun of itself it, mm-hmm. and it's smart writing it's very, very smart but like you said it's pretty out there A uh, uh, assassinated monkey doing hit jobs and, all right because comics <laughs> <laughs> but, move, but moving on though <laughs> we got some more news y'all i didn't even announce it at the beginning but we still got some more spider-man news coming up marvel studios news and some fantastic four rumors But we're going to start off with that Spider-Man news. Um, well, it's not mostly about Peter Parker, but it's a catered to his Spider-Man universe, Sony universe. You know, like Sony has their, you know, shared universe with Marvel Studios, but they're still growing their own universe. Okay. So keep yeah. that in mind, y'all. Their <laughs>
0: scum Sony universe of characters, <laughs> whatever the hell they were calling that. Uh,
1: I think the Sony, like, ex, like the Spider-Man expanded universe.
0: Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah.
1: Sony Sony Spider-Man Expanding Universe. But uh, we finally have some exciting news regarding, yeah, Sony Spider-Man Universe. Mm -hmm. As you guys may know, Sony Entertainment still retains the rights, or Sony Pictures, Sony Entertainment still retains the rights to their Spider-Man IP. As long as the company produces a Spider-Man project every two years, as stated in recent and previous contracts between Marvel and Sony, it's pretty Mm -hmm. much like the, the thing that keeps the rights for Sony, like as long as they keep producing something Spider-Man, regardless of quality, I think there is like a certain amount of money it has to make otherwise yeah. they have to put out something like the next year, but besides that they have to keep it keep it going, otherwise uh, Marvel gets it back right, get that in mind y'all <laughs> but oh yeah, that's it. yeah but, okay, so as stated between Marvel and Sony, that also includes characters from his universe that have direct ties to peter parker and right. you know with movies like venom venom 2 let there be carnage morbius you know those already out in movies like madam web venom 3 el muerte that's for that and craving the hunter on the horizon for <laughs> theaters sony's looking to further expand the on-screen share universe between the movies and the streaming services right? so they're
0: trying to put like a they're trying to put like what dc just announced yeah, they're trying to connect exactly. their, own, their own stuff.
1: Yeah, okay. it's because they don't have any, uh, you know, TV series, but they can make, you know, TV shows and just keep making the movies and somehow interconnect the, you know, story somehow. But the president of Sony Pictures Television has addressed the upcoming expansion of Sony Spider Man universe that will start with Amazon's Silk Spider Man Society. This wow. series would dive into the story of Korean American hero Cindy Moon after she's got after she gets bitten by the same spider as Peter Parker, better known as Spider Man. Okay, right? And they've I been motivated
0: to do a Cindy Moon some, something or other for a while now, so I'm it doesn't like four me. or
1: five years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they've been talking about doing a Silk something, um, and this is what animated you say.
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna be animated. It's gonna have okay. like an anime feel to it, I think. Okay. And like you know, the, the character's been popular for like ever since she was introduced. Just, just as just origin alone, aesthetic alone, and just the kind of uh, fresh, uh, breath of fresh air she gave to Peter Parker's mythos. Like, oh, what happens if another person was bitten by the same spider?
0: You know, yeah. Boom. That's great. <laughs> yeah and no. you know she she and miles speak to the diversity of that universe as well you know she's um, yeah. that character is asian and a woman um and exists in the actual universe that peter does um unlike spider gwen like you can only you can only promote spider gwen so long she doesn't exist in the same universe as peter or else that erased the whole gwen stacy of it all which you know needs so um you get to by doing this you get to have your cake and eat it too have a kick-ass female spider character out there but still have her play around in the same universe as peter and stuff
1: right yeah and her power sets basically kind of the same but different you know like how she uh produces her webs and and she's but stronger and faster i guess yeah
0: let's hope they don't get into the whole uh pheromone thing but yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Oh, I hope they do. I hope they do because the, oh, oh, the no. pages, they, they her and Peter got a, they got frisky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: so yeah, they got they <laughs> like each other's company. They definitely do.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but the Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang eh, was oh, revealed in November, t- right, 2022, to be heading up the Silk Spider Society series for Amazon. The okay. Spider Man spinoff was marked as the first in a suite of live action television series based on the Sony Pictures. Universe of Marvel characters. Both yeah, that's right, Marvel yeah. Catherine Cope <laughs> and her directors, right? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller have given her both praise and admiration for showing her love for the characters and for her brilliance and being described as a pro whose creativity and perspective they greatly admired. Hmm. Like elated while talking with Amazon Studios, King touched on her excitement about heading the show up. She said, and I quote, I'm beyond thrilled to be joining the Amazon Studios family for this next chapter of my career. I look forward to working with the executive team on Diverse Character for Water Cooling Shows for a global audience. And I'm so excited to dive in for my first challenge, bringing Korean-American superhero Silk to life on screen. And I can't wait for it.
0: I mean, Nord sure. and Miller are the Lego guys, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Somebody help us out. That's not... Uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh that's what you said you said lord and miller i'm i'm mistaken or uh, i could be mistaken um oh uh
1: the, but uh producing the show
0: yeah okay so first of all they produce spider-verse so yeah <laughs> right if they're if they're oh, attached yeah. to do this silk thing then we're good on that um
1: yeah the show is uh, angela King and then the directors are phil lord and uh christopher miller
0: yep 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 yeah they're the lego they, they are the lego guys but they're also the uh 21 and 22 jump street guys and um the spider-verse guys they're doing all of them so ah. they're they not directors they're writers and producers on the spider-man stuff um
1: okay i wonder if it's gonna have ties into the spider-verse uh, across the spider-verse with uh miles's story
0: they were initially tapped to do solo i don't know if you remember this they were tapped to do solo a star wars story um and supposedly they made it too funny because that's that's their thing, right? Oh like,
1: that's their... yeah, I do and remember like a... Deadpool came out.
0: Yeah, there was a big thing about oh no, you know they they rep and they got replaced by um Ron Howard, uh, so yeah. Um, not everybody likes their brand of stuff, but they definitely have struck gold in the Spider-Man universe. So good creatives to tap for this whole Silk thing.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're gonna shift we're gonna shift gears from Amazon. We're gonna head over to Marvel Studios. And we have some news about Marvel Studios. Uh, it's dealing with uh, you know, both the movies. It was basically their plan going forward, for both the movies and shows. But uh, Marvel mm-hmm. Studios has no plans to make direct to streaming Disney Plus movies, says producer Nate Moore. And I quote no, I mean <laughs> no, <laughs> Kevin. No, we all are. We're huge fans of the theatrical experience, and one of the benefits of us being able to do Disney Plus series, frankly, is that they can coexist. The series can be on your your service, and the movies can be in theaters, and that's something we would like to preserve for as long as we can. And Disney's been supportive, which is great, which basically means that they like to preserve the fact that series, you know, belong on Disney Plus, and that movies can be for the theaters. And I, for the most part, agree. But I mean, the most part, agree. that's how it should be. That's what the streaming service is for, it's for shows. Theaters are for movies. You can tell, like, have a shorter presentation to connect the two, you know, have a character appear here, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, that sounds like the right move. But um, even in past interview with IGN, Kevin Feige stated, every time we make a film, it is with the expectation of delivering on a promise of an experience to be experienced together in a theater and seeing where people laugh seeing where people get very quiet and still or where people cheer if we should be so lucky in moments in the movie you know
0: (laughs) you gotta you gotta gotta hope people are invested you know um there's a lot of this content coming out and i think the audience is past the romance part of this relationship right where they're just impressed by you showing up on time and you <laughs> you picking the restaurant like it's it's gotta be you know you gotta have something to say it's gotta have, have some original ideas and like you said so many people are trying to do this dc's doing it again from scratch right like like oh well, i think um i think it's gonna be a very interesting couple of years because there's never been as much of this content out at the same time ever before um but not all of it's gonna work not all of it can like mathematically right like not all of it can work all right, statistics yeah, yeah so we, no, it's all gonna things be interesting. yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what what audiences um come to and again they want that investment they want people to care and get the get those reactions those genuine reactions you know that they cap earned the millionaire reaction like that should be that should be like that 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 should be framed in every <laughs> movie writer's, um, you know, office. Like that moment was earned. You don't get that until ten film probably or ten film appearances with that one character. Um, so yeah, just don't rush it, man. It's gonna be rough,
1: yeah, and it and it basically pays off for the shows itself because that's why Wanda for me personally. Well, not even personally. Statistics shows it's right there. Numbers prove it. WandaVision Loki. Like slapped because we saw their stories play out on the theaters. We want to see the rest of the story play out, and we have yeah. shows to do that. And it's just, you know, it's the formulas there, and Marvel created it, and they're following it to a T, and they're probably going to keep perfecting it as time moves on, you know, because I, I didn't even have tie in comics to explain events up into the movie, you know, like the prelude comics. Yeah. Well like yeah. Infinity War, Black Panther, Civil War, you know, like yep. how the characters got to the movie. And then after the fact, you know, so they're just continually bridging the gap between all their media. So it will just be all one storytelling, just one story being told is just in different forms. Yeah. For lack of better
0: words. No, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and the thing is, like you were just saying, they're going to keep perfecting it. But I think even more interesting is, I wonder what Gunn thought were the failings of it. Right, because you got to believe he's bringing that equation tweaked for DC, and I'm not saying he's ripped the what is it, the twelve herbs and spices recipe. Straight. I'm not, <laughs> you know, he, yeah,
1: definitely. yeah.
0: Like I'm not saying he's just gonna take the recipe for the crusty crab patty, crabby patties, you know, and 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 remake want them. The
1: formula crabs, <laughs> right?
0: I, I I think I think he's gonna tweak it, and I wonder what he thinks is tweakable about that formula. I think that's gonna be very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, no, James Gunn. I have full faith in James Gunn. He, he, he knows what he's doing, and so does Marvel. Like I, nothing. Like you said earlier, we're living in a time where we're getting like the most comic book content across all publishers and media at this point in time. Like in the statistics of being born here, a human, it's like 10th to the 20th, 20th trillionth power. Like you can be yeah. a molecule, you can be a rabbit or a squirrel or a bacteria or something, or I don't know. a a bat. Yes. A Karen. Yep. But no, you are born a nerd. Listening <laughs> to yes. this, you are, during this, era, you are yeah, during this era, you are this yeah, era, born 100%. during this time to experience all this, and I'm and I'm. We're here for it. We're gonna bring it to you every week. Sorry, I had to like, I had to self promote. I <laughs> feel you. ourselves out there real quick, but yeah, uh, move along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got some more news. Um, it's kind of like a rumor, but it's, it's getting traction. It's more so not even a rumor, but like this, I'm calling it. It's going to happen. It makes sense. But um, here goes Dr. Victor Von Doom has been rumored. Grain of salt, y'all. Grab your sauce shaker. Sorry. I know your professional is already me saying this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Doom has been rumored to appear in Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four movie, but. In a post-credit scene, and yeah, I can see and, that you know, that's rumor, the Joker.
0: That's the Joker, right? Yeah,
1: right. This rumor has been circulating around since October, like the, before even Wakanda Forever came out. Like there, it was rumors that he was going to be a post-credit in Wakanda Forever because of the Doom War influence. Like, yes. kind of on the movie, just a little bit of it. And I'm like, and after re-watching it and we going over, I'm like, there was a little bit Doom War influence in this. This is more so just. Namor's just fucking with Wakanda, for lack of better words. He, he always does that. So, yeah. yeah. But I can, I can imagine that original script before the passing of Chadwick Bozeman, I can imagine that had a lot of influence, like the Doom War, because he did state it, he wanted to end the movie with two Black Panthers, both Shuri and Chadwick both, I mean, both Shuri and T'Challa both inheriting yeah. the, the, the man. So, like, you know, like in the comics, he was King of the Dead. And but he's still Black Panther, you know. He's got the powers and stuff. But, but he was Queen of Wakanda, you know, because of the events of Doom, where he made all vibranium inert. Don't listen to the podcast, y'all. Be covered it in Doom, where we covered it. But, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, this rumor has been circulating since October. You know, the month before Wakanda Forever came out. However, it has been making headway, becoming less rumor and becoming more of a possibility. And like I said, I'm calling it. It's going to happen. It makes sense for a, a, a villain as uh, as grand as are like what how would you describe yeah. Dr. Grandiose. Doom, grand, yes grandiose. just out there just, just even from the old fantastic four cartoon his lines were regal Like right? he meant what he said only i can bring peace to this chaotic world for real and i i believe doom i live in a world under doom he
0: yeah. can bash on you. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we could also say I think you can say this without without getting too much criticism. You could also say I think the character is about 60 years old. Um he, yeah, he probably he,
1: issue of yeah, Fantastic he, 4.
0: He's probably <laughs> never been done justice in live action. He's probably never been done oh. to the height that the character, you know, he's not been given the treatment that the character has been given in the comics and um I got to believe that the MCU knows that they're going to be extremely oh, yeah, careful man. with both the Fantastic Four and the X-Men properties, because if done well, those can be uh, franchises that they could milk for the next 20 years if they wanted to. But they got to be very careful with how they you know, set their dominoes up, because you can only hit those dominoes once. Once they all fall, you know, no one's coming back for the same story told again slightly differently. You know that's why right. they got to put the Dark Phoenix stuff on ice for a hot minute, bro. They're gonna put the that stuff hottest. on uh, ice a hot minute either. because, <laughs> yeah, because you like we we all know that we all know that already. This is why we've moved past, you know, the Wayne's getting shot in the Batman. This is why we've moved past um, Uncle Ben getting shot in the MCU Batman stuff. I mean MCU Spider Man sure. stuff. Um, yeah. We're 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 a little bit past some of the um, origin story trope stuff, so knowing that and knowing how rough they've been handled in the past both the x-men and the fantastic four i part of me thinks that there's a group of people there that are wake up every morning and just have to figure out how they're going to nail those two things <laughs> yeah every, every every day every day because the casting is going to piss people off the you know the the lines are going to piss people off the story that's being adapted is going to piss people off there's so many people with such hard uh opinions about the fantastic four and the x-men um and they've probably like i said in comics have been raised to a whole nother level given the i mean given jonathan hickman as a matter of fact they probably should just give that man a consulting job when it comes to both of those properties because (laughs) he he revived both of those properties um from places that other writers probably wouldn't have wanted to touch them so um yeah i say go with hickman he knows what the hell is going on with those things
1: Facts. Jonathan Hickman. Uh Who else worked on Fantastic Four? That just blew it. I mean, Stan Lee, he wrote the template. Jack Kirby, the template. The comics are still there. Like I said, yeah. Jonathan Hickman, uh maybe uh, Jason uh, t- or Aaron Taylor.
0: Uh
1: yeah. who, who else wrote for Jonathan Hickman? Uh, I, I mean, Fantastic talking Four. About Jason, I, mean,
0: I think Jason Aaron did some work on there. Yeah, Jason perhaps. Aaron. Yeah, because
1: he did it and he worked on Thor as well. But there was was Someone else that just blew Fantastic Four out the water alongside Jonathan Hickman. It was someone else because he worked with uh on Secret Wars, unless I was Jonathan Hickman as well. No, uh,
0: Secret Wars is Hickman, <laughs> okay? So yeah. he basically
1: just he's the one then, yes, he yeah, should be on he's, set. He's, he's, I'm not the, surprised he's, big he's the big one. He's definitely the big one. They should have the writers on set, like they should have like De- Dan Slash should have been on set for She Hawk, like they should have had like uh, uh who is it, Mark Miller. Mark, oh, Millar cool. did,
0: Mark Millar has done work for uh, Fantastic Four as well. Um, uh, ironically is. enough, um, so has Dwayne McDuffie, who is wow. the founder, one of the founders of Milestone Comics, which we'll be talking about very soon. So I had to shout him out real quick. But yeah, Hickman is known as one of the big ones. And Mark Wade is also uh, uh, is known as. Yeah. Mark Wade, uh, John Byrne, and then obviously Stanley and Jack Kirby for those characters so, there. So yeah, so we eagerly await them, but I know they're not gonna show up until um they know later. You know?
1: Later. They have to show yeah. up later. They, like you said it, like these characters have been the on screen interpretations of both uh just both properties of the Fantastic Four the X Men have been like dubious at best. You know, they had like yes. those moments, but like overall it's just like ah with the bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like trash. Yeah. And, and right. that, that sucks because Doctor Doom is such a great character. Like it's but he's, a,
0: he's not a. But the thing is, he ceases to become a character unless you have the world established already. Right? If in any right. other world, Sans the entirety of the MCU, he's just a bad guy that wants to do evil things. But if you put him in a world that's already established, you could do so freaking much more. You know, you can do. You can tap into the magic. Like they could have never got into the magic stuff if, if he was still owned by Fox. What avenue would have given them that? Right. You know can't what? get into that's the why they made a him a business or, yeah, a
1: generic businessman.
0: Yeah, they can't get into the the mother being a witch and the devil and all that other kind of stuff. Like they can totally still get into that stuff here, um, especially that with the establishing so of Mephisto. Sense. Mephisto, we're establishing soon in Ironheart. We have Loki. Um, the right there's so many forms of other, magic Tormammu, right. oh my you know, and God. all this kind of stuff you know um that we didn't have before so yeah like you almost couldn't do him to his you know do him like, to the biggest justice that you can unless all of those things already exist <laughs> so right
1: and not even just the magic aspect side he is a full-on tech master his tech rivals that and the th- th- shadows like Tony <laughs> Stark's and sometimes Reed's inventions, like he to have both sides of that those spectrums established makes sense to like have him not be in the movie but as a post credit scene to be introduced as a bigger threat and then have him, you know, normalize for lack of better words because he I man in Moon Knight people saw thought he was in it with just from the 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 car chase being the in cupcakes. the Easter. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. they saw Doom on the cupcake. And it like, what the on it's the like, Victor on Doom. Like, you fools, battery, Doom you know, like... does not make trifle
1: with cupcakes. <laughs> fools. Doom does <laughs> not like gluten or gluten. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's,
0: like, he has a gluten, gluten allergy. He has a gluten <laughs> allergy. Um, uh, it's ridiculous. And also, like, you know, now. You can establish Latveria a lot easier with our already knowledge of Wakandan politics, of how they separated themselves, about how we know how kind of, you know, on the line they are all the time because he is, you know, they're superheroes, but they're also kind of a dictatorship. They have a king, right? They have a monarchy. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so, you know, how often does that monarchy stand in the way of actual you know uh, justice and all that like all that political stuff that we just learned about in wakanda where other countries are trying to come in and and steal resources and stuff like now we're at that point where we know about like sokovia wakanda and so if you add a latveria to this it seems different if you add a latveria to the fox universe it's just a random you know like there's no other countries there's no other governments there's no other
1: anything you know what i think and we talked about this before like how MCU is basically sitting on a, a gold mine of untold stories with dealing with the aftermath of Endgame. You know, there was a whole five year period of storytelling that could have happened. And they said a little hint in a uh, Falcon winter soldier that Sokovia was basically just eating up annexed by the neighboring countries. And mm. I'm thinking, what if Latveria was created during that five year period, like a, a foreign power just decided just to annex all the countries? the gypsy territories where, you know, Victor Von Doom's family is, Sokovia, maybe Yugoslavia, something, the Chakalakis, or something, you know, and just created Latveria. And through time, you know, just uh, like, you know, those who read books of Doom, that's how, you know, he just came to power. He overthrew the dictatorship and just ruled Latveria, you know. I I can see it happening. Just, I, I hope it happens. But it yeah, just makes no, sense. Because I... Latveria hasn't been established. We don't know of it. Calakan came out of nowhere Here's Wakanda mm-hmm. as guardians just surprised humanity here comes Hercules So that means Olympians are about to just shock humanity again. You have a bunch of aliens, you know, can't you change in the skies, you know So, it's like <laughs> so many dimensions God's deities exist Who's Yeah, say that- this fictional country just didn't pop out of nowhere during that five-year period just
0: right. I-, I think the biggest thing that kind of uh, supports your your theory and stuff is um the flag smashers or the yeah the flag smashers you know the this idea up, that, yeah, more that people long. are displaced yeah where people are displaced and um you know uh like w- you can see somebody like doom if he has a silver tongue if he's providing for his people if he's using magic to provide for his people if he's created a, a right, safe technology. place you know, if he tells them that I know what happened with the blip and I can make sure that that never happens to you people so long as you choose to serve under me in this country, like he can sell a bunch of <laughs> snake oil. And he can do it. you know. He can, and, know, he uh, can do it because he backs up what he
1: says. He, yeah. he, he means what he says. So it's like... And every year I'm they don't get blipped, him. he
0: tells the truth, right? Yep. <laughs> if he says, oh, yeah, I, figured out, I figured out how to stop people from getting blipped, every year that no one gets blipped, he's telling the truth facts And matter of fact
1: it would make sense for him not to be a post credit i can see them making him a special present a special feature presentation just just the books of doom and just an hour-long just feature and then next so when does the fantastic four movie come out it comes out in uh february of 2025 with secret wars coming out that summer i believe mm-hmm. yeah because it's a family movie yeah okay so then, you know, have books of Doom come out like right in the winter, just boom, right there, just so you can know, refresh your memory. Oh, Doctor Doom. Okay, so let me get the Fantastic Four is coming. You know, that's just perfect marketing. Come yeah. on, Kevin, you don't already hear us.
0: <laughs> get with <laughs> it. Get with it. Uh, but you know,
1: we still got some more Marvel Studios news. Uh, as of this recording, by the time you guys hear this, the Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Mania red carpet uh, premiere. Yeah, you what know, if? Premier, you know, live in Los Angeles. I, <laughs> I <laughs> so also know, imagine
0: community. the I also imagine the things will be lifting soon, huh? The uh man. the like what, what the, am the, I thinking? Like the NDAs what, or whatever the the, <gasps> the where people can't talk about the movie until you know man. They can.
1: I was just I was about to say like man, just look out for all the leaks. Look out for all the scenes, spoilers. Yeah. Just Because February 17th is just what, like a a week and a half away, honestly? Yeah. Yep. Like 11 days. Today's the 6th. Two uh, episodes of this podcast.
0: We'll be talking about it.
1: Oh, yeah. So, man, uh, that's, oh my goodness. It's so close. I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. Like, Kang is really about to run amok and just (laughs) erase existences and shatter timelines. And we're just about to watch our feelings get hurt as Scott catches it. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but we just we just because, gotta deal with it. <laughs> just gotta deal with it. It's gonna hurt. But you know, everyone is looking good at the red cover Premiere. Everyone's just coming out in their all their best cosplays, all the Ant Man gear. You know, it's out there. It's, it's live right now. You probably want to watch it. You know, Marvel Entertainment. Uh, anyway, you can, we can watch it. We're gonna probably put a link, a video of it on the website, on the Facebook page. You can catch it there. But, yeah. I love the red carpet premieres, bro. I wish I can go to one. I'm hopefully going to go to like, Secret Wars. Maybe catch the next one. Fingers I think crossed. feel like, the, like the, you know, fingers crossed, man. I'm trying to go, trying to go to Deadpool three. I'm trying to go to premiere Deadpool three. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait too, bro. But uh, that's all I got for the news so far. I mean, I can I can sit up here and say all the leaks to rumors, but you know, as I said, the red carpet premiere is dropping right now, so. I don't have to say much. I will just <laughs> let the, the, the <laughs> plot leakers do it for me. <laughs>
0: yes. The only news that I heard that I thought was pretty interesting, and it might still be a rumor, so grab your soul shakers, is that um, they are fast-tracking the Doctor Strange sequel to take place oh. before Secret Wars, um, which I guess it makes sense because they would need his stuff wrapped up by then. <laughs> so it's like... When did you think it that? Does. When did you think that movie was gonna come out? Like he can't go handle Dormammu after all the multiverses and stuff like that. Like this seems to be next on his menu. So you kind of got to get him to do that and then get ready for everything else. I am hoping that because he's doing this before, um, he's gonna have it. If this is true, I'm hoping that if Doctor Strange comes out before Secret Wars, then that means we're gonna get Sheriff Strange from Secret <laughs> Wars. <laughs> <laughs> where he maybe some maybe in his movie he realizes he needs to work with doom at the end of it to stop whatever the heck your is scared of coming which is, could possibly be this coll- collision of energy or something else like that. that i have or uh,
1: you know keep the shaker handy y'all keep them handy because i have i heard a rumor outside out the umbrella academy <laughs> right right that at the end of Multiverse of uh, Madness, when he, you know, when Klaia came through, you know, spoiler alert, uh, the, the post-credit scene when, you know, Klaia came up, Niso Dormammu talked about Convergence, opened that rift. When they went through the Dark Dimension to hatch up that Convergence, they didn't come back to the original 616 universe. They landed in a universe that was already conquered by Kane.
0: So that makes sense
1: why they would fast track his movie before King Dynasty and
0: Secret Wars. And also, technically, ah. the Doom doesn't have to be Doom from 616, right? Yes. Like, I can see That's an like opportunistic Doom, Madness. Yeah. Is- I can <laughs> see an opportunistic uh, Dr. Doom from some portion of the multiverse being like, this is my chance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see, like, see this window of opportunity. It, it
1: has to be the universe... It has to be the universe where Reed died, the 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 sixth, uh, the eight three eight universe. He's
0: like, like, There's no one to stop me. Wanda ran him
1: up. Yeah, he, the Fantastic Four, the X Men, the Humans, the Avengers, and all their enemies or allies want Wanda and Doom. Wanted to. He had a he had a Vegeta type complex or like you know Reed. He's like only I can kill him. You are not allowed to kill him. So I'm gonna kill you because only I can kill him. You know. Yeah. So I can see Doom. Just running him up with with without a, a read to check him,
0: yeah, you know, and the only person yeah. who would know that is strange.
1: Yep, 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 and he's not around.
0: You know, if well, he showed up. But I'm saying, like, if Doom showed up in a multiversal capacity and mentioned the death of Reed Richards or the death of the Illuminati, the only person that would know what he's talking about is Strange, and he'll probably put his head down in, like an embarrassed, like, oh yeah, yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> that totally happened."
1: Next, and that makes sense. Only yeah, the was... Illuminati would be able to come together. For... Oh yeah, he'd be like, "Oh damn, damn oh no, damn. Kevin,
0: I think we might be unraveling. <laughs> we might be <laughs> uncovering the algorithm." yeah I, they they still they're still working 25 steps ahead of me but yeah i uh i yeah i like how this is all unfolding there's so many possibilities
1: i'm only a few steps behind <coughs> 12 damn it
0: <laughs> that was it that was it but that's all i have on, on my side so ladies and gentlemen join me as i thank a rob the marvel god for bringing us the news so first, there was DC Pride and DC Festival of Heroes. Now it's time to celebrate Black History Month. Cyborg, John Stewart, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Batwing, Bixen, Amazing Man, and more. Take center stage to highlight the power of Black excellence across the DC Universe and stories from a variety of comics' finest Black artists and writers in DC Power. A celebration Ooh. number one. This was the book that i wanted to tackle this week um you know it is black history month and i like to take the month to highlight and spotlight uh black creators black comic book characters i think i think um it may not be known to a lot of people that it's been a real rough kind of go for black comic book characters uh, especially kind of in the dc side i think marvel's um allowance to have the mutants allowed for more people of color and women to be in comics than they probably initially wanted (laughs) Um, when I think of when I think of some of the best (laughs) like people of color or characters of color and uh, women characters I often think when I think of Marvel the X-Men you know um when it comes to the Justice
1: League
0: the Justice League rarely has two black people on at the same time like that's (laughs) they usually either have cyborg or um, Green Lantern, John Stewart. They they don't usually have more than one. That's that's their thing. Or they have, or they'll count Martian Manhunter as their diversity character on the Justice League. It's just a thing. Like this stuff is real. So I really wanted to showcase some of DC's uh, characters of color because sometimes I don't even feel like they are able to. Majority of these characters ha- have probably been portrayed once, if ever in live action because again i just feel like dc's not been really kind of um giving them the same a-list status as some of these other characters but i thought this was a pretty cool um set of stories i think they vary in quality depending on what you're kind of looking for for a story like this um but without spoiling too much what did you think of uh dc power a celebration
1: uh, I enjoyed most of the stories. It felt for most part, some of them read like if I was watching the episode, you know, start to finish, good flow. Some of them were just pretty mid, yeah, 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 like a story to tell. Colorful, the art was dope, all the characters are vibrant. Some of the lines were like Ugh, cringe, <laughs> but <I'm> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is said. <laughs>
0: but, yes, yes. But For yes. the
1: most part, that's pretty good. I like honestly. It, can I rate it? Like, like sure. personally, like, up front, just I as a whole, I would rate it like a strong. Okay, not a strong, but like a you know, like a B minus, like an eight eight out of ten. I, uh, I see. It, I
0: can see that. I it can see solid that.
1: stories, good like good lighting, good highlighting of these characters. wish should show co- showcase these characters more in the grand scheme. But you know, these were one shots. So, you yeah. know it was a good highlight for the characters so i appreciated it
0: we've done a lot of um breakdowns of stories like this in the sense of like usually that what they do usually this is done mostly in anniversary issues. So like the 60th anniversary of Joker, they'll have right. some of the biggest um, artists and writers who've worked on Joker properties come together. Or if they've done something for wonder woman, Superman, Batman, all of this st- stuff has been done. What makes this unique is they contacted, um, uh, artists of color, writers of color to add to this, and I think there's an uh, there's a level of authenticity here. This is not nowhere in this do you get that Miles Morales, Thor, uh, you know, and Thor right. kind of story. That's what I was, you know,
1: about, oh, man, don't just be like that. But as reunion, I'm reading them making sure, that I'm like, okay, that the, you know, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's a black name, that's a black artist, okay, that's it. yeah, all right, cool, all right, so we, we're here, we're here, okay. Cause like, there's a fear that that because of that I have to do that now. Like who's yeah. writing this? Because no, here's the thing: like you don't want like certain people voicing or doing characters that's not the character. How can you? You're not the person in those shoes. You're outside looking in. You you don't. You're just watching the story unfold. You don't live the story. You know, like it's
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Um, So we'll be going through each one of these stories. I made some brief synopsis, I don't know what the synopsis, um, of these stories, (laughs) of these stories, not not to, you know, I did not do this to cheapen the stories at all, right? I just wanted to get like a a concise, quick synopsis so we can talk about the chunkier stuff, like the themes and the characters and stuff. Um, So the um we're gonna talk about first amazing man uh who stars in black paradise is the first story of this it was written by evan nar narcisse i hope i'm saying that right he's a son of haitian immigrants um he's worked on the spider-man video game the miles morales uh spider-man video game as well um he's done comic books for wwe for the new day he did a comic book for them, um, did some stuff for Marvel. But what was interesting is he was a like an interviewer. Like he was a he was a contributor and a writer for Entertainment Weekly. And he did an interview with Ta-Nehisi Coates. And during the interview, uh, Coates editor was like, hey, bring him on. Like ask him if he wants to write comics. And he ended up co-writing some Black Panther comics with him. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Another African American, um, or Haitian, uh, content creator, the penciler is Daryl Banks. He's also the colorist or sorry. He's also the inker. Daryl Banks is a long time, um, artist and he's known like one of his earliest works is the Emerald twilight series. He's the guy who drew. The, oh, uh, the, that's why the his
1: name was so familiar.
0: Yeah, and we were just talking about that, so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, the colorists are hi fi designed, um, but yeah, this centers around Amazing Man. So our story starts off in a Detroit theater in the 1950s where, where Will Everett, also known as Amazing Man, is bothered by an old newsreel showing him and his superpowered friends taking down some agents of Hitler during World War II. He's wrestling with the idea that he's defended in America whose most racist citizens try to burn him alive for the colors for the color of his skin. And man, isn't that heavy? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, and he's now he's now angry at the propaganda, right? He's angry at the false promise, as at the whole, you know, fight alongside and you're as equal as everybody. Um he did. He did fight alongside and he he fought to protect uh, citizens of this country and there's still some that hate him just because of the color of his skin Which and I was and like
1: the, And then the art that they had up of him like that listen to the, the the negro dynamo. I was like, oh, yeah,
0: yes, uh. yes Um <laughs> And then a robot is created called the real american And he riled up all the racist americans in his cause to stop black people from moving into the sojourner truth homes So the sojourner truth homes were a set of like uh public housing or urban you know, urban housing that they created. And when white people, this is like for real in Detroit, and when white people found out about it, there was a massive riot, um, there was massive protest that ended up turning into a riot. Um, so this is 100% true. They built houses for African Americans. And then they, once those people arrived to take residency, they were protested against. Um, now, what's interesting is apparently, I guess. They wrote a version of this story in all-star squadron where this character was and they blamed the you know the racist protest on this real american racist robot guy that you know (laughs) riled everybody up but it goes to show like this is stuff real stuff that was happening in the world so they they had to find a way to write about it you know and blame that sort of uniquely american (laughs) racism they had to blame it on a robot of some sort so uh, go. <laughs> go. Yes. I love the line, um, you know, and I kind of like twisted around here. He never found who made the robot. So he has a distrust for a government that wants its citizens to swear allegiance. Right? And so he's like <laughs> I don't even know if you about this. Like I don't even know if you could have made this. We're at a point where I I I could assume that the government created this, you know, for some nefarious reason. Um, And I still have to pledge my allegiance to this country without even knowing if it has my people's best interests at heart. Again, (laughs) you know, heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy stuff. and And that's the kind of
1: just that unseen battle that heroes have to fight every day. And just like in Falcon Winter Soldier, Sam understands it. As he wears those stars and stripes, he understands what our history, what this country has done to us, our people, what it's still doing, this, that, and the third, but he still understands that there's something beyond that, above that, that you can live up to that, that ideal and I see the Ray reading it, I was like, man, to go beyond that, I couldn't Blue Marvel, yeah. I'm <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. couldn't, I was like, oh no, I'm toppling this government, we, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on my Killmonger
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. obviously this character predates our good old boy Crusher Creel, but he has his man. similar powers
1: uh, I didn't want to say I'm like amazing man. Yes. You called him Zor- absorbent man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah uh, <laughs> um, And you know, I mean it's 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 right up there. It's from the same people who created a mr. Terrific, right or Yeah, oh, um, yeah,
1: yeah I'll so, just say Mr. Terrific. Yeah, and,
0: and a superman right and an Ultraman. <laughs> so I so think the, uh, Amazing Man is right is right up there. Uh, Crusher I'm pretty Creole sure Mark made
1: a joke about that, about how people name themselves in the universe and in Marvel. Yeah, You're Spider-Man? Okay, so you're Flag Man, Claw Man, Spider-Woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, Crusher Creole shows Flag up man? in in, in, uh, in 1965. This character's first appearance is in
1: 1940. Who? Yeah. And oh, man. That's really crazy it took marvel that long to make another character that can absorb stuff
0: <laughs> oh wait wait hold on no 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 there's there's been a thing he was actually created in 1983. he was placed in the 40s with the creation of the all-star squadron like when ah, they started doing that, okay, they started so doing that earth to 2 actually... sort of like uh old heroes like um uh liberty bell and starman and hawk, hawk yeah because
1: yeah yeah, as soon as you said 18, 1985, I'm like, that was the year they basically retroactively tried to, like, you know, justify <laughs> like, all those crazy yeah. stories that were made back in the day. Yeah, that's exactly
0: <laughs> what this was. It was a justification because um, I think famously their first black character was Black Lightning. um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah. yeah it, there wouldn't have been anybody in the 40s. So this actually did possibly have been <laughs> take something from Crusher Creole.
1: <laughs> that's but, funny
0: but uh fully retired now will drives a cab and he still uses his powers from time to time in an unofficial capacity to help others after driving one gentleman to paradise alley the neighborhood is randomly attacked by real american copycat a real american copycat uh, but this time it's a real person he manages to get away when will confronts him and believes him to have similar powers to an old co-worker of his on the all-american squadron he found out that an old teammate, our man Rex Tyler, might have left some pills behind uh, that this fake, real American took. He confronts the villain alone on the rooftop of a church. That man was about to set fire to that church. I just want that to to be known. Yeah. <laughs> he has a Molotov cocktail and he's about <laughs> to set fire to a all-black church. It's pretty jacked up. Um. Uh. But he uses his power. Like basically beats beats him pretty pretty easily. Uh, the story ends with Everett's life being changed by the city's urban renewal project, but uh, still deciding that they're going to keep fighting. Um, so that actually also happened. After the thing I said about the Sojourner Truth homes, um, I believe the mayor of Detroit ended up coming up with a plan to kind of push Black people out of the homes that they were in after the <laughs> after the Sojourner Truth stuff. You know, the war and the, the issues never stopped, you know. Um, and so, like this is like at a 3.5 out of 10 for me or three out of five for me, because like I, while I, I like the story and it's historic historical significance. Like you, I sort of kind of can't uh, relate to just like grinding my teeth and just saying, <laughs> no, like, all right, you know, you treat like crap, but let's, let's pull through. He's a stronger man. Yeah. He's a better, he's a better man than me um but yeah what do you think of yeah, this
1: story same. I also would have given it like a like, I, can we do decimals <laughs> <scale of> five? <laughs> yeah yeah like I said, like I said personally like, because or whatever yeah because like like reading I'm like this is basically the black version of man was a good person so <laughs> yeah yeah reading it, like I was like okay no, the historical tones our face life great art great style great fight the villain was mid so it was like it was just a story for a lesson lesson was to be had here so i'm like okay i gave it like a 3.4 3.5 yeah 3.2 i have to reread it like three times to get over the fact that it's absorbing man
0: <laughs> yeah i think that um like i was saying i think that it, it it's it's a rough story to, but if you want to get a lesson out of it, it i would assume that the lesson is that there are so many silent heroes who are still dealing with prejudice? That signed up, you know, selflessly to fight some of the greater injustices in this country. Whether they be um, people who fought in wars that went overseas, whether it be um, like uh, like civil protests done on this very soil. There's so many people that are probably still because of their appearance pushed aside, and and you know. Not given any credit when they were alongside um, for some of these wars and some of these these fights, and um, you have to kind of remember that any kind of freedom that we have now as minorities is off of the back of these silent warriors who have done uh, some of the most selfless tasks in the world to still be considered less than after the fact, you know. Yeah,
1: that. Hey, you said it. That was the whole lesson, man. Like you said, heavy. Heavy I mean, stuff. This is comics, people. Yes. Like, you can't learn lessons better than like, hey, comics.
0: And this is where this is where that should exist. You know, this is where that this is where that those stories should be told. You know? Um next next we have Black Lightning, separate but equal, written by Lamont McGee, who actually wrote for episodes of the actual Black Lightning series.
1: Ah, I knew yeah. I was you know what? I'm like I as I was reading this, I was wondering why I was reading, I'm like, why does this feel like I'm reading an episode of like a, the show? Like it felt like I was reading the show, and so that makes yeah. sense. <laughs>
0: well, no, it, it, um, it, they they did have those voices. It did feel it did feel very much like that. Um, the penciler is Chris Cross, a long time uh, uh, creator of color who got his start on Milestone when it started. In 1993 bro talk about earning your stripes you know 30 years later contributing to this story here after being a part of the biggest black owned comic book company in the world so i definitely they got there they are they both earned their stripes for this um our story starts off in a boardroom where a man named mr Connolly says he doesn't have a problem with metahuman kids they just shouldn't be grouped with the normal ones Yeah, all right, bro. (laughs) Uh, Jefferson Pierce, who is at this meeting, has a burst of anger at this and accidentally cuts off the lights because of it. He presses Mr. Connolly to find facts to back up his bigotry. And they, too, begin to argue when they are alerted to the fact that a band of metahumans are attacking the building. Some falling debris gives Jefferson the distraction he needs to don his black lightning suit and confront the metas head on. He gives him a taste of his lightning, but is shocked when they absorb it and use it against him. He's up against the ropes when his daughters, lightning and thunder, arrive to save their dad. They realize these humans just have tech and are not really metas, and manage to take them down. Turns out, they were hired to give metas a bad name by attacking a delegation created to decide whether or not metas should be allowed in school. Pierce makes it clear that that justice just like lightning can mean hope for some and fear for others before asking Mr. Connolly and kind of the readers themselves which type of person they are. Uh, really like this story. I'm not sure how I feel about Jefferson Pierce looking like the game, but, uh, <laughs> but, but past that, uh, I really like this story. What'd you think, bro?
1: I, I Like I said earlier, if, Felt like I was reading, like I was if I was watching an episode, I was reading it. Like I personally gave it like a four out of uh, five. The art was great. I love that lightning and uh thunder joined it. It was like really, it was just like wow, okay, yeah, the, the art was great, the theme was simple. Um vacuum. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna keep it out of four. I'm just <laughs> keep it out of four. I appreciated it.
0: I I really liked the uh, like false flag edition. Right. This idea that sometimes um, subsets of society are made to look bad on purpose. Like, it's you know, like, you know, where they can blame this on. Yeah, they blame this. On, now, obviously, they were using metas in this, but, you know, we saw we're already we're already, uh, you know, talking about some dicey stuff, but we saw. Um, a lot of the worst parts of protests being blamed on the entirety of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Like any any kind of proof that one could get to discredit an entire movement, uh, we've seen used. You know one person wearing a shirt did are you even sure they were with everybody else like are you even sure they are representing that group or did they just say did they just switch their facebook profile to that and then did some really jacked up stuff so that they can blame the entire movement because of it you know Um, right
1: yeah it's it's like people just react without action questioning by asking the question on like is this true what's happening like because people will look at an image on online and they don't see the (laughs) full scope of that image you know or a video of it you know or the full interview not just edits of it and stuff you know like and like they discovered in the in the issue you know like they're not metas they're using tech
0: but you know <laughs> to a
1: regular person like, oh my god this was this
0: this the literally this issue i just realized what it reminded me of this issue is the uh plot in the beginning of x-men 2 right where yeah. striker sends a mutant a mind-controlled mutant but sends a mutant into the white house Roller. so he can scare people into thinking that this is what mutants are capable of so he can help enact um laws and legislation against them and this is exactly what happened here it's it's a disgusting tactic but it happens oh, for many different reasons because we seemingly can't get out of this social circle where we just blame other people of different you know religions sexualities and all that kind of stuff for what's going on in the world but yeah really really rough stuff um i give that ai i i'm gonna go four i'm gonna go four out of five um we got a bit of a lighthearted one here our next one uh nubia queen of the amazons and bumblebee star in the queen the bee and the symphony um the writer (laughs) yeah the writer is stephanie williams when after i looked up stephanie williams i found out that she is a uh black comic book historian which is rare a female black comic book historian is rare i don't say that to you know (laughs) um make it a bigger deal than it needs to be. I think she does need to be celebrated, but she also yeah, writes, she also been writing for the latest Nubia run. Um, Ooh. The artist or the penciler is a woman named Aletha Martinez. Um, she's done her best work or is best known for her work in uh, Iron Man, she did um, the Heroes webcomic, she drew for Batgirl, she's worked for Archie, she's worked for DC, Marvel, and Image. Um, But the biggest thing that I, interesting thing that I found out about her is she attended the School of Visual Visual Arts in the mid-1900s, and when she graduated, she was the only female student, student in her cartooning class there was wow. no other women <laughs> in her class and she escaped that alive in in um in the in the mid 90s you know she did work in the, in the 1993 series for cable as a woman as a woman of color you know like that's freaking, oh. that's so rare and she ended up winning a eisner award in 2018 for a uh, world of wakanda
1: Dope. Oh, 2008
0: sorry did i say 2018 yeah 2008 for world of wakanda i want to just check something real quick yeah and also so she's been a, out here she's also won a glad award for her work on world of wakanda so wow, not only wow, wow. So
1: she just, yeah, just out here as an artist
0: not only artist. creating content but also creating content showcasing people of lesser known demographics you know that like it's one thing to be able to ha- hold the power that your ancestors couldn't, but the idea that you then wield that power and use it to spotlight others, that's you can't, you know, like that's the point. You can't beat that. It's amazing. That's- um, so in New York City, Bumblebee and Nubia go dress shopping, as Nubia has been invited to see Karen's husband, Karen being Bumblebee, and his orchestra perform. While Nubia kills the dress rehearsal, Monsieur Mala can be seen groveling to his partner the brain, swearing that he could make it better. Nubia and Karen go to visit Karen's husband Mal as he practices for his performance when suddenly the entire orchestra disappears. Karen correctly deduces that Monsieur Mala was behind this, and he and Nubia stop the primate right in his tracks. Once apprehended, Mala confesses that he had originally promised to bring the brain to the orchestra, but it was sold out. Stealing the entire orchestra was his way of making it up to him. They get rid of Mala, and things still go as planned, but Mao makes a request of Queen Nubia. To play a harp solo, he wrote, knowing how much she loved the harp. She agrees and joins the orchestra and as it plays to end their story.
1: Very cute. Very cute, Lighthearted. I loved the design. I love all the characters' looks. Nubia and Bumblebee, Chef's Kiss. Oh my gosh, just yes. I love the really hair, good. love the colors, love the dress, love the art. It, lo- it kind of reminded me uh, of Dan Slott's, uh, uh kind of character, like style, like how he draws his comics, like a uh, storytelling wise. But uh, overall, weak plot for the uh, weak plot kind of. So I give it a three out of five. Like really, y'all couldn't, y'all didn't buy tickets in time. Y'all couldn't, y'all are villains. Just sit in the rafters or sit by backstage just sit on the sit in the like yeah I
0: take that. what
1: <laughs> i can't get over that so i also like, i also
0: don't know how okay. i also don't know how uh how wise it is to make Monsieur mala a villain in the story for black history month but you know uh i feel like we could have went into a lot of different other directions also um what did they do with those guys they just arrested them i figured they would have let them sit in on the on the orchestra but i guess he did commit a crime
1: right but uh (laughs) like a dog you know uh, was a kidnapping threatening people's lives abduction
0: yes yes (laughs) but like this
1: overall weak plot and just really just bad timing on their part overall 3.33 out of five for me (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ama- amazing artwork though. I thought the artwork really killed. And like I said this is a veteran um artist, oh, yeah. you know. Nubia's armor looks fire. Monsieur Mala looks fire. That dress is amazing. <laughs> um and the, she really got like modern fashion, you know? The way that these women are portrayed here are not like I sometimes I feel like if you're not um if you're not of that of the culture, you kind of just generalize how these people look and they found a way to make nubia and bumblebee look different which i know sounds simple but it usually isn't the case you know
1: yeah, that's why i appreciated both their looks like a bumblebee look for lack of better words is beautiful i'm like holy shit like a you don't see many like black women with red hair like that with red curly hair like that yo like because usually you like there's the a lot of character with locks or braids but no she had long curly hair like like meredith from Brave, <laughs> but it was, yeah, you know, good,
0: <laughs> good looking. And, and most of the time, she's depicted as a small child with the with the big, um, but the big puff hoops. balls. Which is yeah. nothing wrong with that, but it, seeing a more mature version who has a boyfriend who has a job, you know, it, it, I think yeah. it added to a lot. Yeah, most
1: definitely, most definitely. And like and like you said, Nubia, the armor of her look great. He's dope, and she's still out here queen of the Amazonians. Let's go!
0: Yes, okay Yes, yes. All hail. All hail. Um, yeah, so I'm giving that one a, also a 3 out of 5. Um, yeah.
1: Hopefully so, we'll uh, see uh, Nubia live action.
0: I would like that. I would like that. Um, it's either going to be her or Yara soon. Or maybe even both. Maybe we get them both in Paradise Lost.
1: All right, yeah, just introduce the entire
0: family. Yeah. That could totally happen. Um, our next story is starring our guy. We just saw a whole movie about him last week. Uh, Green Lantern, Keeping the Peace. This was written by Brandon Thomas, who I believe um, was somebody brought in to... He's going to be part of the initiative for the milestone. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's only a certain amount of... They, like... They, they decided last year that they were going to uh, kickstart Milestone again and they were going to bring in some people to um, some new artists, some new writers of color, the same way Milestone was started, you know, giving a sound or giving a voice to these uh, creators of color by scouring the earth for the best, you know, that they have to offer. Um, and yeah, a brand has been task to come in and write for one of the biggest um black dc characters ever and then the penciler and the anchor is Nacha bustos who worked on the 2020 series <coughs> star wars dr Afra. Oh, and, i love that series and the 2021 series star wars the high republic so she's done oh.
1: the- okay oh, for that hidden disney plus
0: <laughs> yeah uh so yeah totally killing it there um, our story starts off with a memory of Jon Stewart as a 12-year-old kid. He's bullied for defending another kid. Suddenly, the adult version of Stewart arrives and introduces himself to himself. We then realize that John is going through a literal file cabinet in his mind of all the bad memories he's managed to compartmentalize. He says that he does his best to forget them, but something always reminds him of them. One memory in particular was about two tribal leaders who called him in to mediate a truce between them. They couldn't agree to anything except that they hated a third party. So to speed up the conversation, Stuart, using Kid Lantern, pred- pretends that they are being attacked by that third party. This creates a sense of urgency, and the, tru- the two tribesmen agree to terms. Later, when talking to Kid Lantern, John tells her that sometimes a common enemy is all it takes for two sides to get their act together. He learned that as a kid reading War of the Worlds after he was bullied uh, proving that even in bad memories we can learn some lessons. Um I like this. I'm kind of wondering what the me- what the message was? Who 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 do we need to band up against, bro? Who 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 right? who's the common enemy, bro? I, I, who's the two, I, I, who's had the two, two <laughs> I had a lot of questions.
1: A lot of questions reading this. I was like who's the kid green lantern? I need to catch up yeah. on some some comics cuz I'm like after watching that Green Lantern movie, I don't think this kid is ready for what's to come for their job, ex- occupation. Um, right, right. But I love how it started off with the memory, like how – because he is a war veteran. He does have PTSD, and like like he said, certain things remind him of certain things. It's really quick. the a flash, boom. It slips out, out, file it back. And I thought that was interesting how the ring gives him like a uh, – more of an edge, better control on how to cope with that. Because I can imagine being a war veteran and being a Green Lantern after you've been retired, like you're, you know, there's a lot of trauma there for lack of better words. Yeah. And so you know, he's having to remember why, why he fights, why he fights for the little guy. He still has those memories I can draw upon and draw upon that energy, that feeling, that emotion that drives him forward. You know, I I can. there's, There's a message here somewhere. And I appreciated it. I liked it. Like it was. It was. It was. It was cool. But um, could've been better. <laughs> uh, I give it like a solid three point four out of five.
0: That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um. So Kelly, Kelly uh, Quintella is Teen Lantern. I was calling her Kid Lantern this whole time. She's an eleven-year-old girl who reprogrammed a gauntlet to access and utilize the powers of a Green Lantern power battery. Without the knowledge of the Green Lantern Corps,
1: <laughs> no, that's a Kid Lantern. No, i yeah. Kid Lantern.
0: Yeah, Kid Lantern. Um, she, uh, yeah, so she has wow. a that. That's where she she uses the gauntlet and she has the backpack. She's almost like I almost feel like she's DC's version of uh, Moon Girl.
1: Right, like if Moon Girl and Riri Williams were together, she so she like she's super smart to be able to hack a Green Lantern battery.
0: Yeah, without what? their knowing and without no yeah, um they were at a junkyard and, and she finds the power battery and hacks it, you know. What hack and hacks it so that the gauntlet acts like a ring. A gauntlet that she finds acts like a ring and that's she has a pretty cool design. You've seen her with the little gauntlet on the on the thing there. Bigger uh, yeah, than
1: her, her. mask gym <laughs> shorts and her gym like,
0: Yeah, her little like she's wearing uh, her gym clothes out.
1: basically, you know, and a bandana. I'm like, uh, oh my god.
0: A hundred, hundred percent.
1: I'm not. Uh, read this. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to see this. This. This character in nothing like, like, like dark Batman or Death, yes. like several nights. You know, something dark and heavy.
0: <laughs> but to be honest, maybe the Green Lanterns are missing that wide-eyed uh, recruit. You know, I feel like they're all kind of weathered right now. Right, they're all kind of veteraned out and have seen worlds live and live and die. Like they, <laughs> you know, maybe we need uh, uh, somebody with a little bit more hope and a little bit more optimism Who's new to the game because I think everybody else has been stressed the hell out <laughs>
1: Yeah, I should say that. Yeah, I think they do need that rougher fresh air. Yeah Oh yeah, my goodness
0: I, <laughs> And I think I think them adding her into this story This could have just been a John Stewart story, but I think them adding her into this was, was kind of sweet as well You know passing the torch in that sense Um, let's get to the next one Aquaman and kid flash and own your name writers are Dorado quick and Jordan Clark. I believe these are also some milestone recruits. Again, um, they got a whole new crop of writers and artists that have done work for smaller companies, even covers for the big, for the big boys, but they are now being hired to specifically produce the new, uh, milestone content, which is pretty cool. Um, So Wallace West, matter of fact, before I even get into all this, I I just want to talk about Wallace for a second, right? Because, because one of the, like, he's up there with Duke sometimes, (laughs) you know, Duke from Batman, like, they just don't be giving this guy no love, you know, he gets no love and I get why, you know, uh, Wallace was created um, after they basically erased fan favorite Wally West from the DC universe, right? New 52 starts, Wally's erased, which allows them to create Wallace West, who is not the, uh, who's not the cousin or whatever of Iris, it's the brother, because that's what they were doing on the Flash television series. And um, similarly, Wallace West was black on the, you know, Kid Flash was black on the show, The Flash, on CW. So Wallace was black here. Well, then they decided, well, you know what? Everyone got really upset about the whole Wally thing. So we're going to bring Wally back. So now we have Wally back. We have Wally back. We have Bart out there. We have Barry still as the mainline Flash, which almost gives nothing to Kid Flash. You know, they kind of threw him on Titans. And he's been kind of treated like the eighth fiddle, you know, um, the third wheel, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he, And there's a lot of people that don't think too kindly of him because he represents the new 52 and that uh, era of re rewriting history, you know? Um, so once this story started, I already felt bad for him because it's, it's kind of a running joke between me and my comic book friends that they never, they <laughs> so never shit. give him. Yeah. They never give him, they never give him anything, you know, they never, he, he's been kind of been treated unfairly, but what do you think about Wallace in the DCU? Uh,
1: yeah, no, you basically hit the, uh, nail on the head like I felt for my boy as I was reading this because as I was reading it, as he was you know having his self-doubts so I was like huh yeah there's like so many flashes they can't handle every problem in an instant why are there so many flashes yeah. you know and I'm thinking because I'm like he is like the fifth or fourth, fifth interpretation of the Flash <laughs> like this OG Flash, Barry Wally, Bart and him yeah he's the fifth yeah. And then, you know, Nine climb Nine climb, Reverse flash, Zoom, thorn you know... Jesse Sabaton. Quick,
0: yeah, um, right. Mercury, Man. whatever. I can't remember his right. name. <laughs> Max other, Mercury. The
1: right. right, the other speed analog. So it's like, you know, in a world full of speedsters, where do I fit in? Like, where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? And, and you know, we're going to talk about it. But I, I see how... I, I liked how it ended for him, you know. Just, you have to... You have to be sure, You have to know that you are worthy... You work your own yeah. path. You don't have to. It's just a title. The man right. makes the symbol. You know, if you're if you Tony Stark said the Peter Parker. If you're not if you're nothing about the suit, you know you shouldn't have the suit at all. You know.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and in this, you know, um, one of the things like you were talking about how many speeches there are. There's all those speeches, He's still the first black one, and that he starts in that's crazy twenty uh, twelve, maybe twenty thirteen. You know, so we've only had a black speedster for the last 10 years and he's I almost am certain that the negative things said about him in this comic were ripped from reddit were ripped from comment sections, you know, about these comics and all this kind of stuff. So let's get into it. Uh, Wallace West finds himself as a guest speaker at the coronation ceremony for the bold, the bolt chasers youth center. Um, Even going into the experience, he believes he was only chosen out of the other flashes because he was the only one available. He tries to cobble together inspiring speech, but he's interrupted when he sees the thinker in the audience. Thinker uses his powers of telepathy to cause Wallace to see his heroes like Wally and Jay Garrick call him a mere copy. He forces Wallace to hear Bart Allen, Avery, and the ghost of his own dad call him a pretender. Did you remember slash catch that? His dad is the new 52 reverse flash. I think he dies on the suicide squad oh. in that, in that, in that, uh, in that mindset. He's a weird, like he's all, all red flash with like rocks on him. It, it was a weird new. 52 oh, that, oh,
1: that's his dad.
0: Yeah. Oh, the all red one with the, with the, like the rough rocks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's dan- his dad is Daniel West. Um, and so that's oh when he says. God. It's your birthright to be reversed or whatever he says. You sure you're on the right side, son? There are uh, other speed forces you can tap into. Um, yeah, yeah. So they were giving him crap there. Um, everyone's just talking crap about him. And just when he's made a joke out of all the Flash family in his mind, you know, when they're all joking on him, um, Calder shows up. Now, Calder is my man. I've always messed with Aqualad. He's Aquaman now. So guess, put some respect <laughs> on that name.
1: Facts. ever since Young Justice.
0: What, what what what's your um attachment to this character? What do you think about old Aqualad? Aquaman. Oh,
1: I've loved him since Young Justice. He ever since his introduction, I've 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 messed with his character. Like he's dope. I've never had any conniptions with him except like during the show where like he had that yeah. turn and it was like, you know, smaller plot twist, it was all in the cover. I've always been down for Cal- Calder or he powder, I forgot to pronounce his name. Calder? Yeah, yeah. Calder. Yeah, Calder. Okay, yeah, like I the draw his aesthetic is dope his personality his demeanor Just he he always has his friends backs man. Love. Kyle yeah Dorman.
0: Yeah, really he's, he's great and uh, you know the whole fact that his dad is Manta adds a whole nother layer to things um Manta at one point wanted to we'll get to I him because he both kind of share that he pops up soon Manta Uh Manta uh I think is what's the most interesting part of Manta to me is that at one point he wanted to make an entire subterranean colony civilization of just black people because he felt like they didn't have a home that they had gotten pushed out of most of the land faring stuff. Um, now he's a bit of a crazy person and a murderer, but it's interesting that at one point they were tapping into that. You know, he wanted an underwater Wakanda if if you will. But um, yeah, Calder shows up. He's like, "Yo, hey, what's going on? You know, you, you've been flipping out and stuff like that. And he's like, Oh, what an honor. The Aquaman is talking to me. Wow. Look at this. And he's like, yo, chill the hell out. What the hell's going on with you? And he's like, nah, you know, you playing me like everybody else is trying to play me all the time. And he's like, okay, this guy's wanting the hell out. So he starts using his water kinesis to take him down. And he's saying some rough stuff. You know, he's like, maybe our fathers were right. Cause both of their fathers are villains, you know? Um, And he talks about feeling abandoned because um, Calder did leave the Titans, but he explains that it wasn't easy and that he's feeling as much of an outsider as Wallace does. They share this. They are both people in mantles that didn't have a person of color in their ranks before. I think it's very, very similar to Aquaman. Aquaman is 1940s, I want to say right yeah. uh and just gets his first black counterpart like <laughs> his black character his villain was a black man for years but uh you finally get a dark-skinned member of the royal family so yeah he's dealing with the same issues he's dealing with the same problems and i believe the character was depicted as gay not too long ago so that's a whole other added layer for calder that he has to deal with. People not liking him because of the color of his skin. Not liking him because he's half of the people of the ocean. Not liking him because he is of you know royalty now. He's the Aquaman now. And basically he gets Wallace to see that they have more similarities and they do differences. Um, what I love can we, is... You were talking about something like in their yeah. fight. Like, man, Wallace,
1: he gave our oh boy like this. Oh no like God, I'm like hey I I don't like, like I don't like flash I don't like fighting if I was in any universe. I wouldn't want to fight any speedster unless I have an immediate immediate means to stop them. Because I don't want to catch a thousand punches in like two seconds. No. No 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 <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um i i love the nature of this i love the writing in this it felt natural it felt natural in a way that the that the miles morales thing is because he said when he says i could take a joke but can you catch these hands <laughs> you know i'm like what do we <laughs> right i was like oh, oh snap like, okay but i'm like i'm like yeah yeah I yeah say that i trash
1: talk that. i'm like yeah duh, duh, duh. but you can catch these hands though ready
0: for <laughs> everyone like <laughs> all the dissing and the and the roasting stuff felt natural it didn't feel like you know
1: right it wasn't forced it was this was like probably one of the great best stories out of this whole um for me personally like yeah all,
0: yeah they felt like the urban youth i know as a former member yeah. of the urban youth <laughs> uh, this, this is this is how this is how we do things we yell at each other just, and then, yeah we fight and, and all, then we, and then we and cry then we, we hug each other idea. and then we talk shit again at the end yeah we, we gotta <laughs> full circle um but I love that he's like you can't be these other people you got to run your own race you know at your pace and stuff and um he kind of realizes you know where they're at they kind of dap each other up they are a secret handshake thinkers thinker you know still tries to talk shit, but he eventually disappears um and Jackson gives him another speech he says, "People like Thinker will always be mad we exist, but the fact we exist gives a lot of people hope, and that's what's important." And hundred percent is. And then he makes fun of his hair, saying that they don't got do rags in, in the underwater. And then he says, "You got jokes? You can't be talking with that crooked thunderbolt on your lineup." <laughs> so oh! now Yeah, I'll say that. Like all right, we're hairline jokes. Yeah, this was written by a person of color. Oh, yeah. Because that is always prime joking material. You can know the hairline. Uh, if they say anything about ashiness, which we saw in Black Panther, that was the other <laughs> <laughs> hairline ashiness. Yeah. Those are always <laughs> you bald-headed demon. You those bald-headed demon. <laughs> 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 that's those are always on deck. Uh, but yeah, they go back to and declare the Bolt Chasers Youth Center open. And he's walking through and he's like, you know, this place is kind of cool. And then they see a little kid walking up, and he's like, Oh, uh, Jackson is one of your one of your fans one of your adoring Aquaman fans and instead the kid has a Kid flash hat he made for made by himself to give to um, or to ha- get signed by Kid flash and Kid flash is basically floored that anybody sees him as a hero because he feels like he is like you said fourth on the rung the sidekick to the sidekick the p- person people always um you know ignores or he didn't even think about but right then and then he realizes how much he's made a difference um and i think it's kind of sweet this was my favorite story of the of the uh, of the bunch
1: Um, Yeah, same i gave it a solid like 4.8 out of five
0: i just wish it was longer (laughs) yeah i i feel like it's one of those things where it's like these characters are never going to deal with the pure um, weight of the really strong consequences that the earlier characters had to deal with when they were created at their time. But it doesn't mean that they don't have unique struggles, you know? And I think in highlighting those, there's uh, current comic day, uh, sorry, current modern day comic readers when reading this story are not going to relate to all the older trials and tribulations, but there's more, there's modern, um, ways of discrimination And modern ways of um, Generalization even you know You can relate to some of yeah. the uh, Amazing man stuff when it comes to gentrification And all that jazz but um, Yeah it's real It's it's real stuff and it This felt real this felt Like I'm reading this story and I'm like Oh this person gets Wally because this is all the Stuff that people say about Wally Behind his back like oh so they say about Wallace There's a reason why his name is Wallace He can't be Wally because we have a Wally he was Wally, right. and then Wally came back, and now he's Wallace. And even Wallace feels like a weird, you know, like yeah, Lance, the child like, yeah. version of the other of The, of the, like the
1: sidekick to the sidekick. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, like now the dude, now the main dude's back. He took you since you had his nickname. Now he's back. Now he gets his nickname back. So years back to your regular name. Sorry.
0: Not sorry. Yes. Like, <laughs> no, 100%, 100%. And they're like, okay, you got to be this guy now, so deal with it. I, I
1: hope in the future, or in the near future, he gets a character rework, or revamp, because, you know, so many flashes rather the yellow and red classic. You know, and like, now with this one shot, now he knows he has to walk, he has to run his own race, his own path. You know, hopefully he, he gives a character rework, a revamp. Maybe there's a new ability or two to really stand out from it. the other flashes.
0: Ah. Interesting. Yeah, I dig it. um Our next story is Cyborg Booyah. It was written by Morgan... uh hampton who ran a site called black nerd problems um and she was given the opportunity to write this story i believe she's going forward with valentine delandro who's the artist on this and they are going to be uh helming the new cyborg run the new modern cyborg run so a lot of people wow. are hoping that this because bro the man still don't have a defining story you know he don't have a flashpoint, he don't have a crazy. court of owls, he don't have a, a all-star Superman, you know, or you know, for the man who has everything. He doesn't have a story. He has his origin story. Cr- and man all or right, machine. Right and all we know. Is <laughs> you, a- titans. <laughs> you can only do man or machine so many times, you know. But um yeah. Uh-huh. so they're reintroducing him to modern people here. Um, we see that it is his mom's birthday cyborg and you know his mom died tragically he's um uh, escorting to star labs uh i guess security people as they transport a dwarf star um thing (laughs) that ryan Choi had created Uh? um dwarf star alloys is real big over there with the atom and all that stuff there it's a real big tech thing it's almost like um unstable molecules for uh the fantastic Uh, four
1: it's weird that they were transported by car
0: yeah you're yeah know, you're just gonna, you're just gonna yeah. drive this thing here um and then Livewire.
1: so no one knows
0: <laughs> Livewire of all people interrupts their little convoy by damn near destroying the truck getting the people love her uh, i love how the people uh the black um security guards jump out of the car instantly because they're like we don't, don't we don't get paid in, enough for this um, That's so, i
1: love that uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, i love it your life is not worth minimum wage run
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so this basically becomes a game of football with, uh, you know, Victor Stone, former football player, trying to keep this Dwarf Star uh, element away from Livewire who wants to basically stabilize her constant need for electricity, her constant hunger for electricity. Interesting note, Livewire, very similar to Harley Quinn, was originally created in Superman the Animated Series before she was ever in a comic book so yeah uh she is wholly a creation of i believe that tim by bruce tim averse before she came into comics but she's into comics now um and yeah she's basically playing keep away with this uh ball of energy but she she's able to catch up to him and use his use her powers of electricity mastery of electricity to drain him of all of his energy and when he blacks out, he basically has a, a very sweet moment with his mother, um, who never got to see him as his cyborg self. Something that he has always kind of hated about himself, right? Like, um, it almost reminds me of the Thor of it all, uh, when in uh, Endgame, where it's like sometimes you fall far from where people who care about you have last seen you and the thought that they could see you and be disappointed by who you have become is a crippling thought you know sometimes we can't um navigate the the roles that we are put on you know and sometimes we don't get to choose what roles we are put on and we do our own you know we beat ourselves up enough before life even gets there to to to, because it's gonna hit us a couple times it's just what happens we roll with the punches but sometimes we beat ourselves up enough and victor stone has always been one of those characters you know, so he's um,
1: that, like the uh, the tragic character for like a bit of words, you want to say? He,
0: yeah. And he has to come. He more than almost anybody else on the Justice League has to come to a point of self-acceptance because who he is now is is never who he was going to like who he used to be. It's impossible because of the accident. So he has to come to terms with himself in a way that I feel like none of the other Justice Leaguers have to, and I re- I more so remember, and maybe they should have done a bit of this in this comic. I more so remember, remember that sweet conversation he has with Starfire and Teen Titans about race.
1: Oh yeah, when uh, that dude came from the and started calling her the troglodyte or whatever, calling yeah. Out her name. yeah, that was a beautiful moment. You know, Tar- she's, she's like,
0: trust me, I totally. You know? He's like, I I get it, girl. Like I get it people are assholes (laughs) right just yeah
1: they base they base they judge you based on how you look and like yeah he understands it like he had that dual layer of on top of his skin you know color and then you know just completely looking different from a human he had to struggle deal with that like that that trauma and then you know like you said earlier like yeah seeing his mom and like you said it was a sweet moment i love that moment because like no mother it they would never be truly disappointed in the child. Yeah. They, they, they don't care about what you look like. They just want to see you achieve, see you happy, see you smile, see you to be that you can be the best version of yourself. Even if it's the version of yourself that you don't want to be physically, it's on the inside that matters. And that's yeah. what she saw in her son. She looked past the medal, she looked past the Victor Stone football player. She looked, she saw her son. And you know, when she said, like, can I get a booyah? I was like, oh, yeah, that's, pretty that's, that's a mama knows her son.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, we often talk about the difference between a villain and a hero is how they respond to trauma. And given the nature of his accident, there's a lot of reasons why Cyborg could have just been a villain. Right? Oh yeah. I, so screw totally all easy. of this, screw all of this, screw all of you. I, you saw, you saw justice league, cut. He is, he's connected to the banks. <laughs> you know he could just, <laughs> he could just make himself us everywhere anything
1: with a microchip <laughs> battery plugged in he can just hack it take control of it and just end life you just yeah. hack every nuclear plant on the planet and just call the day. yeah uh, he, he can, uh, he he can
0: make you can make the world feel the pain that he's felt and he he has chosen not to and you got to believe that his mom wherever she is is uh proud of that um so he wakes up uh from this she almost grabs live wire almost grabs the dwarf star alloy Uh, He blasts her with a bit of his booyah gun. Um, He
1: said the catchphrase. I literally did the the Leo thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, you said it. You said the thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, she tries to get away. She literally um, yokes up a kid with a hearing aid. Like, what is wrong with this woman? And uh, is basically, you know, has her as a hostage. But um, he is able to get the kid away she grabs the ball and then he hits the ball with he grabs the doorstar alloy and then he hits the alloy with a baseball bat and then uh basically gives her a hood block party by opening up the uh the fire hydrant and basically dispersing of her <laughs> um later on she, uh, Vic- victor gets to talk to the kid that was um you know the one that was held hostage. His name is Max. He introduces himself to him, and he, he says, "It's my mom's birthday, but she also gave me a gift today. I love you, mom. Booyah!" And um, yeah, I really like this story. I gave this story a four.
1: Same here. It was a great story. I gave it like a solid. It was like right at yeah, 4.1, four point one, four point. It was. It was just a really good story. I, it was one of those stories I had to read like two, three times. To really, like, really get the theme after all the booyah. It was like it was just a really great story. I gave it a four point five. It was not a lot of like solo cyborg uh, one shots that really just delve into his character to really show showcase the strong points of his personality on like what makes him, you know, you know, um, you know, Wallace, not uh, Victor Stone. Sorry, I'm just talking about Wallace. <laughs> um, it's you know, it's things that just doesn't make him cyborg. It's what really it's what, like as we said earlier, it's the man that defines the symbol. It's Victor Stone. He, like the public named him Cyborg. He's just being Victor Stone. And that's what everything his mom instilled in him. And she's still proud of him. Love this story. The art was interesting. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Captain America um, art style. About like that old, okay. tiny, but in the modern day look. Yeah. Kind of like uh like like what uh like modern or like not modern but a uh, classic Harlem renaissance art kind of look and i really dug that like you really see like somebody's on like a shirt or something you know like some of these uh panels yeah and, uh, like oh yeah overall just solid story four and a half five maybe
0: five yeah. uh, okay <laughs> yeah it definitely it definitely felt good um our next story is vixen and batwing um Titled Vixen and Batwing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, th- I thought it had its own title. Uh, it was written by Chuck Brown, uh by and had art by Peterson Oliveira. Um, our story starts off on the coast of South Africa, where a bunch of dignitaries seem to be hanging out on a yacht, unbeknownst to them. They're hanging out with uh Vixen and Batwing, two crime fighters who are seemingly hiding out. Uh, because they believe that someone is trying to assassinate someone on board They get hip to an attack When our man black manta tries to set his sights on that king. I love this part here where Um, vixen takes the power of a turtle so she can get take a blast to the back Pretty rough stuff. Um, but manta shows up. I love manta. I don't know if i've ever ever Explored uh, my love for this character. I've always Love Manta, I think the design is pretty creepy. I think that big helmet and the like even how he's depicted here with the fire in the eyes. I I've always loved the smoke coming off of the eyes, kind of effect, uh big red blood red eyes. Um he's got Batman's tech but the strength of Aquaman because he has to deal with the depths down there his suit, you know. Um he's militant?
1: Oh, I love his aesthetic.
0: Yeah, he's militant, he's a murderer. Um he yeah he doesn't give a damn so he goes one-on-one with vixen vixen uses her powers to take the um give her fists the same power as a ram's horns and basically knocks um knocks her down or knocks Manta down um and then he introduces the men. (laughs) he's got his own group of black (laughs) ops soldiers fodder (laughs) <laughs> yeah she's like uh you need this many goons and he's like you think i was gonna carry out a billion dollar assassination without backup and then he's <laughs> like and then she's like and you thought i was gonna have help and then luke fox shows up as batwing he's a, a relatively new uh character do you remember when you first saw luke fox uh that was some years ago it was like
1: right around the time when lucius fox like really like started to appear in the like the live action movies okay this character so it was like like 20 20- 12 to 2015, like I really started seeing his character for real. For
0: real. yeah, his character is uh dated as being debuted in 2013, so 10 years of Batwin. Really,
1: really nice, and I like I said, I love seeing Vixen in no you know, in whatever media because like it's just the way her powers are depicted. Like she summons the animal spirit and then this boom, it happens. Like that's a pretty unique power set. Like, I really don't see her often in comics.
0: And they found a way to kind of accurately uh, portray them in regardless of what her medium is, right? Because she was in Legends. She's been in animation. We just saw her in that Green Lantern stuff. And the powers are always depicted pretty much the same, like, pretty accurately to how they're depicted in the comics, which I always liked. Um, Batwing is a bit of their... He's Iron Bat, right? Like, that's... That's kind of, you know, he's, he's Batman yeah, souped up to the 10th degree because of all the, all the Lucius Fox tech and obviously the Luke Fox tech. Um, so he's a lesser known Batman family member, but he makes 10 years this year. So it was kind of cool that they showcased him together. They're able to stop everybody. Um, even though Manta does it. Oh, so, I'm ge- I'm getting away. Ha ha ha. And, uh, but they stop everybody and they decide that um, they be like, they're like flirting around. While they take care of Manta, when he goes, they decide that they might, uh, you know, hang out together as Batwing and Vixen, but she corrects him. They're going to hang out together as Vixen and Batwing. She uses her powers to uh, fly, to, you know, embody an animal that can fly. He uses his actual bat wings to fly, and they make out in front of the moon. And it says to be continued uh, in Dawn of DC. So I guess this is going to be a, um, a I think they're going to be a thing in comics now. They're going to be a power couple. Which, that would be pretty tight. Be Vixen sick. and Luke Fox. It's tight, be it's cool. cool. I, I cool was concerned
1: because I'm like, ain't Vixen like a pretty old character? But I guess if Luke pushes Fox is, like, Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. i cute. Right?
0: <laughs> yes. What animals so, like, overall, could she embody to give story. herself... Yeah, what animals could she embody to give herself... Um, some youth. You know? Like wait, I, it, uh,
1: there, a
0: jellyfish? Are there jellyfish? any slow aging? Yeah, what are the slow aging uh, uh that's madness?
1: Uh, whales? What what takes a long time to die? <laughs> uh
0: uh turtles? DC universe. The, turtles? the DC film universe, I would say, <laughs> right now, but <laughs> to each his own um, yeah, I'm giving that, I like that story but, uh, as well, but it was it was kind of, it's kind of thin, that story.
1: Yeah, it was thin, like a nice little, like. but like you said, it, some of these stories, I didn't realize were gonna. their stories are going to continue in other uh, spinoff comics, or like their own just runs, because I, for the most part, I thought these were one shots, so I did a little digging, I'm like, okay, so Cyborg's story is going to continue, like you just said, this is going to continue in another story, so we get to see where this leads, I hope. We can see more of vixen and batwing pretty dope power couple
0: yeah and i like that we go from um luke fox to jace fox are you familiar with mr jace fox aka the next batman
1: jace fox i am unfamiliar
0: okay so jace fox was created by john ridley he is a uh, a showrunner he's one who wrote um 12 years a slave um, he, yeah, he was okay. tasked to write Batman in, um, during Future State. And in Future State, okay. there was a Batman with a mask that you couldn't see his mouth.
1: Right. And it wasn't
0: Bruce, because Bruce, um, they had hacked in, I think, to all the Bat computers. So Bruce was like a more analog Batman that had no tech that was connected to the grand, you know, electrical grid or whatever like that, because he couldn't, because he was like a like a wanted man. So they had a um uh you know they had a mystery man that was going around and still solving crimes um as Batman and he was later to uh, later revealed to be jace fox and jace cool. Fox is the um he's like the black sheep of the fox family I think he's been in prison um yeah he's the estranged eldest son of lucius fox he was a mercenary who targeted various international criminals and served as a protege a protege to katana so that shows you his fighting skills um and but then gotham ended up getting in uh getting controlled by a entity called the magistrate a corrupt privatized law enforcement initiative um, that took over all of Gotham City because they were just tired of Batman and all his crap. So um he is the one man army against that you know tyranny of the government uh is Jace Fox. It's a lot. It's a lot, but he's pretty cool. I need
1: to read, need to read that holy crap. I need to catch up on that holy
0: shit. Yeah, I, I would I would recommend the, I think it's called the next Batman was the run that he's introduced in. And the first couple of issues of that, you don't know who he is yet. He, you don't know. He's not, you know, they have not straight up said who he is. I think in the second issue, or maybe towards the end of that first, they let you know that it's chase. Um, and yeah, he's, he's also like a self-hating Batman too. Cause he realizes that he's the, the, the black sheep of his own family. So he's, you know, and he's, it's cool to read a Batman who's still new to it. Who's still figuring things out, figuring out his his own limitations and stuff like that. Um, and at one point, because of you know them knowing that he was doing this, he actually uh acquired or his family acquired the Wayne family fortune. Um, so, yeah. so
1: the next Batman add that to the, the list. The next as we're talking about Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sorry. So that's where this story comes in This story is not about Bruce This story is about Jace Batman, The Calvary Written by John Ridley and Oliver Coppell Very uh, famous duo Um, They wrote the next Batman series they worked on the next Batman series together And it's Batman kind of being um, Attacked by a bunch of mm, (laughs) Hmm Proud Boys is what I'm gonna. Is what I'm gonna go with here. I'm gonna say some
1: white wing, some white wearing extremists. He calls them
0: the racist, streets. anti-government, anarchists. So yeah. yeah, that's my right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're trafficking guns uh they kidnapped the cop and he's yeah, just cops. trying to stop these people <laughs> yeah he's just trying to uh they, and they beat the hell out of him and they judge him for you know they're like you're a black guy you're not batman i know batman i used to get beat my ass whooped by batman or whatever um and
1: right. <laughs> and then hold on and then the one scene while they were beating him up someone just randomly just says anyone got any more
0: mess? i'm sorry yeah I, yeah yeah it's like, I was like it, yeah in the middle oh of their, in the middle of their uh interrogation of Batman who they have in front of them who they're beating to the hell out of with a um with a crowbar yeah they some guys like oh yeah by the way do you guys have any more meth you know they're they're completely unorganized disorganized I've got to figure out um who his sister is because his sister ends up coming to save him almost as a, like a robin type and she shows up yeah, she's
1: wondering who what was that? Reading this. I'm like, oh, so I was reading this. I felt like I was like, like reading a like an episode or a comic or uh, an issue of a uh, kick ass or something. I'm like, oh, who's this little girl? Go?
0: Okay, <laughs> uh in the story, I am Batman number eight. Jace Fox, the Cape Crusader, will be fighting a mystery serial killer. Um, but he'll be receiving help from a new Robin, um, as showcased. But it's his sister. I know that we know this now. Um it has not said but I like that makeshift mask and stuff I like the I like the makeshift mask and the makeshift outfit
1: um All right a like, hit girl a little bit
0: I like the curly hair and a bun um but she I think the one thing that kind of makes her like the others is that she's a child um I'm trying to get a confirmation on the name currently. Uh, Tiffany Fox. James Fox is younger than uh, sister. Tiffany Fox. Tiffany Fox. Tiff Fox. Yeah. Um
1: and, and during that interrogation, uh, the, when he called him boy, and he,
0: he Yeah, was like, that was the first thing he said yeah, too. He was I was like, like I'm
1: Ooh. bad. He's like, I am bad. <laughs> I was like, I think that was like a joke in and of itself, because he always says that. and I think a part of the fandom just wants to punch Bruce in the face every time he says, like, oh, I'm bad. <laughs> someone
0: just interrupts um and i love that you know even though he just got saved by his very younger sister they're still giving each other sibling crap god what took you so long god come on i have to do this and this is the best you could do like what's going on here um and in true fashion i always say this Batman needs Robin because then you could exposit why they do things she's like we should get guns and then then they're like he's like no we don't use guns she's like they got guns and he goes no guns I don't get why we have to have principles when they and she, he says no guns you know kind of you know reiterating their morals and their standards but um yeah together they are able to take out all of the races uh Jace basically uses a chain on his fist to beat some tolerance into these people Um, and then, uh, and then they take off, but, um, Tiffany makes a point to remind him that their entire family has been wrapped up with Batman since their father started making weapons for him, since Luke started to fight alongside him. And now Jace is actually Batman, you know, um, this is their life now, regardless of whether or not they know it and the choices that they make. Are going to dictate the rest of their lives moving moving forward. So we're going to see the the rest of the adventures of a Black Batman and Robin. Isn't that weird? Isn't that crazy? We're going to see the rest of the adventures of so a Black Batman and Robin.
1: Yeah, you know, I heard Burton yeah, wanted to, give to, it to
0: Burton wanted to give it to um, Martin Wayne's. Did you know this? So more than Wayne's. Yeah, I did not. What yeah. If- in ba- his Batman Forever, was gonna have Marlon Wayne's as Robin. Wow, yeah, I think it even got that so far as something. I think it got so far oh, as yeah, rem- actually have to pay him. If-
1: oh my god, yeah, yeah, I remember because there, there was a photo of him in the full costume.
0: Yeah, oh they- my god, I remember that. I think he's, they still had to pay him royalties because they told him he was going to be in it and then they end up changing directors and it was a whole thing. But I think he still gets some sort of weird residual check. Um,
1: It's crazy. But yeah, I can't wait for this story to go forward. And reading it, I'm like, this felt like how, um, especially in the black and white aesthetic, overall, I gave the story like a 4.3 out of 5. The art style was great. The writing was good. The characters were great. You know, it was simple theme, simple plot. Simple, just, you know, come into a head story for the character and we get to watch this character grow further. But like I was saying, it felt like uh, I was watching like young Bruce, like year one Batman. For yeah. Like better words a little bit. But yeah. Like, he's still young, still small, still making mistakes. A little bit. He needs to bulk up a little bit, you know, hit the gym. take You know, learn all hundred and something odd ah, martial arts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tech, that goes,
0: bad God can get tiring. Right? Like if you know he's always gonna win, if you know he's always gonna figure it out, you know it's always a prep time, he got this. Gets kind of tiring and you know, we kinda have to we kinda have to move on a bit. And we've tried with Azriel, we tried with Dick Grayson, you know, we've had little stints here with other Batman and it never seems to work, but this is kind of sticking when you consider they've been doing this for two years now. So yeah, if you guys are curious at all, I would suggest checking out the next Batman. Um I believe it's the next Batman. If not, it's the new Batman. It's one of those two. But yeah, check that out because I do think that um it's worth it's worth reading. And it like I said, I just think it's a different flavor for the whole Batman mythos. So yeah, check that out. Um, our last story is a preview of a comic called The Far Sector. This actual story was printed in Far Sector 5. Um, and then I think it gives us a little bit of background. It's hard to exactly to explain what this is, more so than the origin story of um so so joiner joy I wanna say it's Mullen, the newest Green Lantern on Earth. Um she had her own little comic that I heard was really, really good. I love her aesthetic, I love her look, she gives me a, like a Donnell Monet vibe. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Hey, facts, if they make another live action, they put her in the Background or a cameo, it has to be Janae Monet because that, that's who they drew, in, especially with those retro 80 glasses. That, yeah. That's Janae Monet. Like, that's her whole aesthetic. Here, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it kind of just goes through her life as no matter how much she and her family have wanted more which is nothing to be ashamed of you know you can be grateful of where you come from and grateful for what you have but still want a bit more in their family's pursuit of wanting more it seems like at every turn their race got in the way you know um her her mom went for a promotion and um ended up not getting it because a white staff member complained that if she got it it would be discriminatory against white people um they doubled the rent which you know always causes hard problems. And then her parents would end up getting divorced. Um, She was in New York during 9-11 and had to deal with all of that. And even though she helped people of all different colors during the fall of the towers, she was still mistreated (laughs) in other places, uh, simply for the color of her own skin. When she realized that she couldn't do anything in those circles, she decides to join up for the military, go overseas and try to you know cause a difference. And then realizes that maybe even in doing that, she wasn't fighting for the right side, which brings her, you know, to try to become a member of law enforcement. But once she sees a fellow officer beat another person, damn near to death, or possibly to death, um, and she calls him out on it, she is fired from the police and ultimately given an opportunity to become a lantern, uh, given her propensity to want to um do good do better and it says that not even the not even the um her ratting out her racist uh teammate wasn't even what got her fired a friend of hers a black lives matter activist tagged her in a photo on facebook on a facebook wall <laughs> and that's what got her in trouble uh which you know that was happening for a lot of people as well
1: um There's heavy imagery like oh, the that. Tw- as a divorce, like that. That's, art imitates life, and that's the reality of a lot of people of color had to live with, deal with, you know, because yeah. oh, you know, a lot of black people lived in New York during that time, and a lot of people migrated lived to move to other cities because of that mass amount of trauma just, that just instilled on in the black psyche, for lack of better words, and to try to recover from that and still deal with the problems that we already face, you know, it was, it was a lot. i have been reading it, it was like, man, I fell for, i Almost say I'm one for her,
0: you know. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of heartbreaking to see her get disillusioned to yeah. several different careers that sorry that she believes um are are created or are supposed to be created to make a world a better place. Right? It's like okay, if I want to help the world, I should help the world, you know, with my degree. And they're still treating her differently because she's black. Okay, well then I'll help the world in the military. But now we're targeting, you know, like sometimes the military's goals are, aren't exactly one hundred percent with justice and stuff. Sometimes the the military serves America's goals, which can be selfish on occasion. So she leaves there, decides she wants to be NYPD, help people in the streets, and then realizes that that power can also be corrupted. You know, it, it's it's so sad when you when you see. Um, these bastions of what's supposed to be like, again, justice or good people helping uh, when they get corrupted uh, and you don't know how to best help the world, but she never stopped looking. So she's become now an intergalactic, (laughs) intergalactic uh, person of justice. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the futures of that character. Um, I've got to get into far sector. I want to read more, but yeah, man, they, she's a person of our generation, right? Black lives matter posts, um, witnessed 9 11. I was in New York for 9 11. You know, born and raised Brooklyn, New York. So that that definitely oh. gets me there. They wanted me to be part of the NYPD, and I'm like, nah. Uh, <laughs> I passed the test. <laughs> I came back. I came back from the military, and I took their test, and I passed it. And um, they wanted me to join, and I could not see myself putting on another uniform and not understanding what I was doing. Or who i was really fighting for you know um when i was a child Mm. i always wanted to be a firefighter um never had any kind of propensity to want to be a a police officer and i don't say this to uh, insult any police officers but the way i had always seen it is that you call a firefighter when you want help police officers just show up and usually it's not a good thing when they do you know when you see a firefighter they're there because someone has called them to help when you see a police officer who knows why they're there <laughs> and you may not be the safe right, one in that yeah. instance you know um so to watch her get i mean you look at the stuff that just happened in um that just happened with Tyree Nichols you know it's mm, like
1: yeah in Tennessee
0: yeah. yeah it's like it's still you know it's it's still a thing and you still have uh Men and women of color still choosing to join, whether it's the military, whether it's the police force, whether it's any law enforcement agency, hoping that they can do some good. And there's still so much bad. So I love I would love to follow. So join your Joe in her um, pursuit of cosmic justice has a Green Lantern. I think um, this is a. <clears throat> Sorry, this is an interesting take. Uh, for a character in the Green Lantern series, and I, I really can't wait to look forward to her uh, adventures in the future.
1: Same here, same here. Overall, I gave the story a solid, like, a uh, four out of five. Art yeah. was beautiful. The style, the aesthetic, the especially that club scene, how everyone was just dancing, and you just see her by the bar, like, lonely, chilling. Like, every, every panel served a purpose. It really just highlighted her in every panel, so you could really see where she was, was in that moment, it really, it really, for lack like of better words, pant the picture. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I look forward to seeing the rest of her story going forward. And I, and from looking at her origin, her past, I can foresee that she's gonna, you know, come into those same troubles in the future. The Red Lanterns are a thing. She's yeah. gonna probably run into that same disillusion as a Green Lantern, and I believe she will. Face that and become stronger for it. Just overcoming that adversity of understanding I yeah. yes, there's you can become a greater force for justice, but that also means that it's also a greater force of evil that justice has to prevent, you know, to cast the light on. And mm-hmm. we're gonna see that going forward. Uh any spinoffs uh, spin-offs or tie-ins, uh, what's her what's her you say far sector?
0: That's what it's called. Yeah, far sector. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I know that her comic um, I believe it even won some awards, but yeah, they've been really liking it's a novel. It, yeah. They, it's a novel. Ooh. Come on. Ah, okay. Show?
1: Cause I have heard some things about far second. Like I've seen a lot of her art out there. And as you guys are probably listening to this, you will see some of that art up on CBC on Facebook. If you going to see yes. some of it, like we say, we got to shout out these black artists out and content creators and pencilers artists like we have to the art is amazing like far sector just uh alone the art blew me away just i was like wow this is you can tell the art and care
0: check this out it. check this out as a synopsis for the past six months newly chosen green lantern Sir joiner joe mullen has been protecting the city enduring a massive metropolis of 20 billion people the city has maintained peace over 500 years by stripping its citizens of the ability to feel. As a result, violent crime is virtually unheard of and murder is non existent. But that's all about to change in this new graphic novel that puts a unique spin on the legacy of the Green Lanterns.
1: Okay. Interesting take. That's a. I have so many questions, and I guess the only way to answer them is to read. Because my first one is how do you strip emotion from an entire planet? Yeah. I'm like, emotion, rings, emotional yeah. spectrum. Exactly. One of these animals are involved here. All of them. Somebody. <laughs> something. So I'm already hyped for it. Wow. And just like that, I'm already excited to read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, I, I really dig this. And I, I do want to follow her into the future. I, I really like this story. Like I said, I think it was an easy read, all of it. You got to showcase some great creatives. And you got to showcase some great... Um, characters of color i just hope it's weird right like i just hope that how can i say this let these characters be characters that are celebrated year-round please don't just let them fall by the wayside until february hits i i, I don't know a, a nicer way yes. to say that but yeah that's what i want to say <laughs>
1: no you're, you're right you're right like these characters all of them all black characters, all characters of whatever race should be features shown more put in better lights have better arcs have better writers because they deserve to have that time in the spotlight it's not all about superman batman wonder woman it's not all about flash and green like you know there are other versions of these characters they've been around for years and they deserve their time in the spotlight it's about time and they need yeah. it they need the storyteller I can't wait to follow her and all these character stories going forward especially uh Jace like that a black black man, like a black Batman? On oh, type of having Bat like that? What? Yeah, that's a black Batman? Oh my god, wait a minute. That sounds just ridiculously lit just saying that. Like, dude, probably smooth as hell. <laughs> Elba, like with, yeah. with Michael J. White, if they had a baby and that yeah. to be that's black Batman right there.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, if you look if, if you look him up,
1: if, look black up Batman.
0: if you look up Jace Fox, he kinda he kind of looks like uh it could be. Um it could be jai white like a jai white certain depictions but um yeah man my man's ready Dude's because... handsome <laughs> yeah he has a brand new um he has a brand new series called i am batman currently the, his introductory I... series was the next batman but his new series no currently plans. right now is i am batman and i even see him alongside the silencer in one of them so they're spreading the culture baby He's that there, coach, i
1: love man. it i love it i love it and it brings all new just it adds to the mythos to the you know the already existing ip Come
0: yeah now and you know they they're building on foundations as you see some of these characters are legacy characters they're building on the foundation of you know certain characters that have existed but one could argue that none of this stuff would have been um even close to possible without the popularity and the rising of milestone comics, which is something we're going to talk about next week, uh, giving those guys, uh, some love and their flowers. But yeah, this has been the end of this episode covering DC Power. Um, a great series that I suggest you guys pick up. And I won't be surprised if some of these artists and writers that have just been brought in for the Milestone Initiative become household names in the future. I can't wait. It's, it's an exciting time in comics as some of the biggest fanboys for them get to actually contribute to some of the characters that they've been reading for, for years. Um, so see how we contribute to the conversation by following this podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean Stitcher, Podcast Attic, the Apple Podcast app, Toon Find, YouTube, Spotify, and more. Every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything, comic book click articles written by us. Uh you can stop by our merchandise store at T Public by hitting that shop CBC button, and it will take you to our store where all the designs are made exclusively by me. We get a kickback of each and every purchase made there. If you click on that support CBC link, it will take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, where for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, uh, about the price of a cup of coffee a month um, you can help us keep our lights on here as we try to afford the hardware and the software we need to produce brand new exciting content for you guys because we're always looking into different ways we can present our content to all the people out there who want it so thank you guys who have been supporting us by uh, reaching out to us on facebook we're we're all over social media, Facebook.com slash ComicBookClick, Instagram at ComicBookClick. You can use the hashtag ComicBookClick to talk about the newest, hottest, ladies, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're at Major Issue CBC on Twitter and also at Major Issue CBC on Twitch, where we're playing some of The Last of Us and enjoying it. So consider supporting us wherever you, you guys are. We're busting open the walls of our content. Uh, that sounded a lot dirtier than I wanted to. But I say that to say that that in an area where we only covered comics, we are uh, we're extending our nerddom to facets like video games, to facets like Star Wars, anime. So get ready for some new exciting content to be coming your way. Given those new avenues that have been opened, um, we're trying to make this the most fun, inclusive, and sort of uh, un- unique and and natural a uh, fan base to cover comic books and comic book media and we do so with your help so thank you guys for supporting where you guys can and if you have no money at all just tell people about us share our stuff it's absolutely free but it helps us so much Um, And you could do something as little as rate and review this episode or the podcast in general on iTunes, because it helps us get recommended to other people. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it, because if I do, I mess up the timeline. And next thing you know, Dwayne Johnson wants to play Jace Fox, and we cannot let that happen. So people... Make sure that we maintain this timeline. We continue where we're going. Tell your friends to get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full because we are going to the moon. But I'm not the only one over here on Twitch. Uh, Where can they find you, A-Rob?
1: I'll be on all the social medias. and All the kids be hanging out, posting reels and TikToks and slang and filters. (laughs) You can follow follow me at A-Rob the Marvel God on basically all social medias. You know, follow us on here on social, um, at the Major Issues website. You know, kind click, follow me on Twitch. Maybe sometimes, if I get back into it, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But you guys can follow me if I post all the greatest, newest leaks, art, just all things Marvel and DC. Follow me at A-Rob the Marvel God.
0: Follow the man. It is the smart thing to do um but yeah this has been a hell of a conversation i love that we were able to spotlight some great characters and creatives but my name is george serrano aka the don
1: and i'm aaron robinson aka rob the marvel god
0: and this has been our review of dc power a celebration issue one and remember regardless of the color of your skin you could be a green lantern you could be a king of the ocean you could be the fastest man or woman alive you could be the cape crusader you could be the queen of the amazons or you could be damn near amazing one thing i know you are is you are part of the clique and always remember that you yes you are worthy. worthy